Eye on 2020, episode 290. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday, and I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Better than mine, I hope. Um, I had some crazy stuff happen this weekend, and I'll tell you guys about it in a little bit. Uh, just absolutely insanity, absolute insanity, absolute chaos. Uh, went down to Daytona Beach, and I'll tell you a little bit more about it, but if you Google Daytona Beach over the weekend, you'll see exactly what I mean. This is a Ride with Ray episode. As you guys know, I was in, you know, I was on, I took my family down on vacation, and usually I do a show on Monday, but with it being Memorial Day and everything, I didn't have time to get it done. We traveled all day yesterday, and now we're back, but now I am back as well with your Tuesday episode rather than your Monday episode, and it's a Ride with Ray episode, and the reason why is because sometimes I just don't have time to get the show done, and I have to cruise down the street in my car while I am recording the episode, and just, you know, just talking to you guys freely. That's what I do on those episodes as well. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you uh, hope you really, you know, f- can forgive me for the background noise. That's always the worst part of the show is the bad quality of the sound, obviously. Uh, but one day I'm going to try to figure that out, how to do a show, a Ride With Ray show, without too much background noise going on. Uh, but anyway, so... I'm listening to CNN this morning, and I decided to start recording now because I wanted to keep this part fresh on my mind, besides telling you about the, about the Daytona trip and everything. Um, so, sitting there, sitting there listening to CNN, and they said, uh, don't you wish you can go get a haircut? Don't you wish you can go out and uh, have a haircut? Well, one Missouri hairdresser decided that they were going to reopen their shop, and they used masks and everything, but still... They exposed 140 people to the coronavirus, and uh, when I was listening to that episode, when I was listening to that, I was thinking to myself, they are framing that in a way as though nobody should go out and get anything done, and nobody should open up their business because they might expose somebody to coronavirus. Um, like, for example, and and they're framing it in a way that makes it sound terrible. But if the person's wearing a mask, they're following certain procedures and so forth, um, you should be okay in some ways to open up your business then. Like, they, the way that CNN framed it seemed to me it just that they were trying to push it as an idea of nobody should be opening up their businesses, uh, nobody should be doing anything except for staying home and all this stuff. And you guys know CNN is the anti-Trump channel pretty much all they do is talk negatively about trump and that's fine libertarians we typically will talk negatively about trump as well so in some ways like we will get at least we give them credit for the good and bad and and you know talk critically for the bad but still cnn is all hate trump all the time and they frame i mean they are totally for locking down the entire economy indefinitely it seems like to me so 
they frame it in that way. They say, hey, you know what? This person exposed 140 people to the coronavirus. Well, after they opened, apparently this person did 100, or these two people, they were infected with the coronavirus. They were wearing a mask, though, at the time when they were cutting people's hair, and they exposed them. And what they mean by that is they were near 140 people with the coronavirus, wearing a mask, obviously, but that is still considered to be exposing people to the coronavirus. That makes sense, right? It does. It makes sense. You, If I have coronavirus and I'm wearing a mask and I'm around somebody, then they have been exposed to me. They've been around me, so that means they can potentially have coronavirus. I don't know for sure if a mask works or not, or does not work. It doesn't seem like there's any information on that that's true or viable, because one day the CDC is saying people don't need to wear a mask, the next day they are saying people need to wear a mask, and then they change it back to not wearing masks, and then they change it back to wearing masks. The World Health Organization, same thing. Doctors say, I mean, I've heard people say, a mask doesn't help. I've heard people say, well, a mask helps to protect other people around you. A mask protects you. A mask protects them from your coughing and you not getting their droplets into the air and all this stuff, right? But if you are around somebody and you have coronavirus, wearing a mask, wearing a hazmat suit, they'll still consider that you you were around somebody, so you you expose them to the coronavirus. That's the way they're going to frame it. And that is getting back to what they what the topic was is that somebody found out that they were exposed to the coronavirus and then they they reasonably lot or you know they deducted that hey, I got my hair cut that day and that would be where it was at and then they found out that other people did the same thing. So these people were exposed to the coronavirus by this person. They didn't say how many of those people ended up getting the coronavirus, but they were exposed to it. <clears throat> and they found it through the whole um, contact tracing thing. They got, These people got calls saying that they were exposed to somebody with the coronavirus and that they need to stay home for two weeks and self-quarantine. By law, they had to stay home and self-quarantine. So... If you are forced to stay home to self-quarantine at that point, it's going to make you less likely to go out into public at all because you're going to get that call to self-quarantine if you happen to be in a restaurant where somebody had the coronavirus. If you happen to be in the grocery store where someone happened to have coronavirus, go home, self-quarantine, it's the law, stay home, don't leave, 14 days. This contact tracing thing is... I mean, in the in the way that they're doing it now, nationwide, you know, tens of thousands of people that are contact tracers telling people that they need to stay home, that's the law, it's going to destroy people's ability to get open back up. I'm not going to go anywhere near somebody, I'm not going to go anywhere at all, because I don't want to get that call that says I need to stay home, or... I'm going to, I mean, you're going to have a black market for the way that people travel, the way that people go out and do stuff, because they don't want other people to know what they did, or they don't want to, to me, it just seems like, I mean, for lack of a better word, the Gestapo telling you 
you know, they're tattletaling on you and telling you to stay home, that you have to abide by this rule and all this stuff. I mean, I don't know. Just, I'm just thinking out loud in some ways because when I heard that, it just made me realize that this thing is going way out of control. When you have a person that is following specific rules, you know, trying to be as safe as possible, and then they so-called expose 140 people. I can see if 140 people got the coronavirus from them, that this should be a news article, but if I go to a restaurant and I and, and, and I go walking in, or if I own a restaurant and I open up, then most likely anyone that comes to my restaurant and I happen to get coronavirus, they're going to call all those people that went to that restaurant in some way and let them know, hey, you've been exposed to the coronavirus. It's just a... It's just a new world that we're living in, guys. It's a world where freedom is not valued at this point. Liberty is not valued at this point. Human interaction makes people terrified at this point. In some ways. Not everybody. I mean, you you hear these news reports, and that's another news report I heard. They go down to the beaches of Alabama, so you got country folks with their accents, and this is on CNN now. Why would CNN go down to the beaches of Alabama? Why don't they go to the Jersey Shore or somewhere where, you know, I don't know, like, it seemed like it was framed in a way to make these people seem like a bunch of Trump-loving idiots or something like that, because these people are down the Jersey, or down at the Alabama Shore, and they're not wearing masks, they're, you know, hanging out, doing what they're do- normally doing and everything else for a Memorial Day weekend. And they're saying, this person keeps telling them, well, why aren't you wearing a mask? Oh, don't you know that that helps protect your wife and kids from getting the virus and all that, right? Well, if you are in the same household with somebody, most likely they're going to get the same crap that you do. You know that if you've ever been married with kids. If I get it, then my wife gets it, and then my kids get it too. If I get a cold, it goes to the household every single time. It's almost always in a pattern in my household as well my son gets it, then I get it, then my wife gets it, then my daughter gets it. It's almost always that pattern, every single time. I don't know if it has to do with immune systems or what, but it's always that pattern. If I get it, then my son will get it, then my daughter will get it, and then, or then my wife will get it, then my daughter will get it. Sometimes all of us don't get it, you know, it's just, just, just depends upon the, the, the severity of the illness, I think. But we always have that pattern. So a mask, they're telling this guy, or they're trying to you know, convince this guy that wearing a mask is there to protect your kids and your wife and your family and all that and make you feel guilty for not wearing a mask when you're walking down the beach. And then the person's, then the one person says, well, you know, we're in the open air, so I don't, I'm not really worried about it. you got wind and all that stuff that's going to kind of blow it away and all that. I don't know if that's a scientific method that shows, you know, that you might not get it, but... They do say being outside, you're more, like, less likely to get it than inside. Fact check that. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if there's scientific studies that prove it or anything like that, but that's kind of the rationale that you have as well. Now, that's CNN. They are the... They're basically the propaganda arm for for um, the liberal for the progressives in some ways, right? So, 
and we all know Fox News is the is the the Trump all day loving channel type thing, you know. Uh, Trump, it's going to be the propaganda wing for the Republicans, and CNN's the propaganda and MSNBC propaganda wing for the for the Democrats. So, uh, not to be surprised at all, right? So, anyway, uh, moving on to my <laughs> next subject, though, I just wanted to bring that up because it drives me crazy the way that they frame particular issues. I mean, it's going to terrify anybody to leave their house, no matter what. Because you don't want to be exposed to the virus by somebody wearing a mask who's 10 feet away from you. Or in this case, they're cutting your hair so they're closer to you, obviously. But they're trying their best to to protect you. They're wearing a mask. They're doing things. They're cleaning up the, the salon that you're in and all that. I mean, we are way more safe today from getting sick and diseases from all of the craziness that we're doing we're way less likely to get sick because of all the stuff they're doing people are taking measures to protect themselves so that the number of infections would go down simply because everyone's terrified and not leaving their house and washing their hands 15,000 times a day and hand sanitizing everything and Lysoling everything I'm sure we're way more or way less likely to get a virus because of that. And if the likelihood went down by 65, 70, 80%, then why should you be terrified to go outside and do anything? It's because of the contact tracers now that are going to tell you, stay home, we're going to notify your employer that you can't come to work for two weeks because the government told that, told you to. Insane, man, insane. Anyway, moving on to the next subject, guys. Um, Joe Jorgensen, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, she has been nominated as the Libertarian presidential candidate over um, the next person who um, came in second was uh, Jacob Hornberger. And she got like 500 and some odd votes. So she got 51, 52% of the votes. Then you had... Jacob Hornberger, who came in second with like 270 votes, I believe. And then you had Vermin Supreme, who came in third. And uh, Adam Kokesh was the first round out because they had to do a couple different votes and all that. Um, but yeah, so Joe Jorgensen, she's actually from South Carolina. Very solid libertarian candidate. Maybe not the super principled, you know, almost to the point of anarchist Jacob Hornberger, who I don't know, I know he's not considered an anarchist by any means, but he's like very much for almost no government at all, um, or almost no state at all, I guess you'd say, because everyone knows that there's going to be government, government, governance and government and order in our society, whether there was a, you know, forceful state or not, there's going to be a government that people are going to govern themselves. People are going to join organizations in order to have some sort of, um, some semblance of, of order and rules in, in life, right? Anarchism is not this whole no rules, no, no, everyone, you know, just does whatever they want to because people demand order, people want order, people desire order. So people are going to form groups in order to create order. People want security, so they're going to form groups to have some sort of security. People desire predictability, 
that's a demand that people have to predict the future, to understand the future, to go into the future knowing that I could save X amount of dollars and retire one day. So people are going to form organizations to make that happen. So in a, in a completely stateless society, you're going to have order and you're going to have organizations that are built to create that order, right? So, uh, but anyway, that's, that's getting off topic. That's just saying that I think like a, a Jake, like an anarchist libertarian would argue that, hey, you know what, we can live without a state and this is how. Now that is total ideology. That is stuff that's in our lifetime in this world is likely not going to happen. So we live in a society right now that has, you know, the state, it has government force, it has all of that stuff. And incrementally, it needs to be broken down. And that's why I tend to support somebody that's more of a pragmatic type libertarian that focuses on limited government, that focuses on limiting government, that focuses on breaking down some of the institutions that we currently have. I typically lean towards candidates like that because I don't need to have some person preaching philosophy to me and how things could be if there was no state. Now, that's not exactly what Jacob Hornberger was doing, so... Um, he was just saying we need to talk about principles and stuff like that. And you guys know this. I supported and I really liked him as a candidate going into this. But then as I started to think about it and as I started to see other candidates as well, I did look at uh, Joe Jorgensen a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week or so, and said, hmm, she really does seem like she's a, um, a person who can still talk about the principles of liberty in a very convincing way to the public, but it's a little bit more pragmatic as well, in the sense of, hey, here's where we are now, let's move towards liberty, let's get on this bus, you know, so, she definitely, I mean, when you look at her, she follows the libertarian uh, platform pretty well, if you look at her website, you know, she's pretty much saying what the libertarian platform is, which is good, I think the libertarian platform is pretty solid, the only place that there's really major disputes on the libertarian platform among libertarians is on the abortion issue and the abortion issue says for the libertarian platform is you know this is a very complicated issue and we just think that the state or that the federal government should be out of it that should not be involved in um in abortion type issues and that the government should, that this should be left to the person to decide unless the family members and so forth. So it's kind of a hands-off approach to abortion. That's the only place that there's major debate. Some libertarians really do want uh, there to be an emphasis on, you know, I guess forcefully limiting abortions. I'm not sure how you make that happen, but, or making it a criminal offense or something like that, which I could see the argument for that as well, uh, making it a criminal offense, but... I'm not sure how you would enforce something like that. You're going to have a black market. Um, it, it could become an all-encompassing. I, I've always wondered how you would enforce that, but um, I've seen different you know, people that make that argument. But you could, I mean, a lot of times it's a, it's a principled issue that people have. I'm against abortion. That's what they say. And they know why, and I understand why. And I also understand why somebody would say, say the opposite of that as well. Some of that would say that they're pro, you know, pro-choice or whatever you want to call it, anti, 
or, you know, pro-abortion, I guess you might call it as well. So I understand both sides. I tend to say, similar to what the libertarian platform is, is that, you know, maybe the government should kind of stay out of that stuff because um, when it really comes down to a, a doctor, between a doctor and a person, you know, they're going to make that decision. And maybe we should really focus the efforts not on trying to control the state and how the state's going to react to it, but control or um, have more accountability and preach a message of accountability and so forth and changing the culture and everything else. But, you know, it's a hard issue. It's a very hard issue to determine. But that's the place where there's a major debate. Um, Joe Jorgensen, she tends to, you know, follow the libertarian platform pretty well. I think she'll be a good voice for the message of liberty. And also, on top of that, she's a female going against two old white guys, you know? Like, she's going to get on the news in some ways because of that. She's going to make some waves in the headlines because of that. She probably will end up getting onto the CNNs, the MSNBCs, the Fox News and so forth to make a case and to answer questions and get these interviews in local news media and so forth as well. She might end up getting to that point, which that would be great. She's also, uh, she, I mean, she's a, she's a doctor of psychology, I guess, a psych, I guess she's a psychology doctorate um, that lectures at university, or Clemson University in South Carolina. Um, so she, I mean, she's a very smart person as well. She's also been a business owner as well. So that that's a, some interesting information about her. Uh, you know, nothing groundbreaking, nothing earth-shattering or anything like that. Um, she's no ex-governor or former congressperson or former senator or anything like that. But <clears throat> somebody that understands the message of liberty awesome. That's great. Somebody that can get onto the news media and so forth. She's the only female running for a national party. Because there's three national parties. Libertarians are the teeniest, tiniest, you know, teeniest, tiniest one. But still a national party. So we're on all 50 states' ballots. So that's a good thing. Um, And then the last topic I wanted to tell you guys is about my trip to Daytona Beach, man. Holy cow. If you googled it, you'll understand what I'm talking about, but, so, we go down to Daytona Beach, we leave on Friday morning, get down there bright and early, and, uh, you know, normal day, we go to the beach, and I was like, wow, people are really observing these social distancing rules, that's good, um, generally, people, like, you get onto the beach, and our group had eight people in it, they were saying no more groups, no more than ten people per group, and then, if you're gonna be in a group, try to stay, you know, eight, you know, six to ten feet apart from other groups and so forth, and if you look down the beach, I mean, you could take those pictures that show just these major crowds and all that, if you get it from the right angle, but from what I saw, I mean, I'm walking down the beach, and I'm hanging out around the beach and stuff, people generally stayed to their groups and, uh, and tried to avoid big groups and everything else, it turned out to be a pretty interesting experience watching it, right, that was on Friday, then on Saturday evening, we went out to restaurants, and all the people were wearing their face masks that work in the restaurants. Um, they had the inside bars that were closed down. They had um, an outside bar where you could sit there, but you were able to sit at two two per area. They had spaces between all those, the seating and all that. Like, it was every other seat. It was generally people were following good social distancing rules, and restaurants were 
following you know procedures to help protect people from other people and not getting too close to people and all that pretty interesting stuff so um we go out and we you know a friend of mine that I was with we had some some drinks and then we go back to the room um go to you know everyone goes to bed we wake up in the morning and uh go down to the beach hanging out same thing you're at the pool people are generally you know practicing okay social distancing people are not really getting too close to each other like it was generally great and then around four o'clock we start noticing um large crowds coming in and uh it just got started to get really out of control with young people um you know lots of pot smoking going on lots of loud you know rap music and stuff it was just absolute chaos um not chaos but it was just like lots and lots of crowds just gathering partying doing whatever i mean it was it was just like thousands of people it just became insane by like seven o'clock and so forth we're sitting there hanging out and uh we're not we're not hanging out sorry we're walking down the boardwalk and i'm just thinking to myself this is not a you know safe environment for my kids so we end up getting to where we were going and like my kids wanted to ride this thing the, the slingshot thing my daughter did so we just we she goes on that and it's a thing that just kind of you know expands like a slingshot and it shoots you up into the air and then you come down well all of a sudden when she gets off of it we're watching the video of the slingshot because they're going to try to sell it to us and gunshots just started going off like 15 gunshots absolutely create chaos in suits people are scattering running my wife jumps on our kids i jump on them and uh our friends are there too and they they're hiding and we're hiding around these corners and stuff like that just absolute terror going on and this is what i wanted to get at is that yeah that was a terrible situation my kids are crying it was just complete terror and chaos people are freaking out and then the cops end up you know coming in and they have to clear the streets because this was a un, it was an unplanned event it was something that was not you know organized through the through the county officials or the city officials or whatever people just it was called the invasion or orlando and miami invades um invades daytona and it's like a hip-hop type event type thing and um I was just thinking in my mind, oh, it's just people, you know, I always think the best of people, so I'm thinking, oh, they're just here to have a good time and everything else, but it's just, uh, you start seeing videos about all these fights that are going on, and then the, the shooting and all that, and I was just right in the middle of it. We were literally 20, 20 yards, maybe 30 yards from the from the gunfire. Like, we, the person that was working at the place that we were at saw bullets ricocheting off the roof. Like, it was absolute, absolutely terrifying, especially for my kids. I don't get really too emotional about that stuff, but, I mean, it was just like, holy crap, jumping on top of your kids, you never think you're going to be in that situation, you know? And, um, but looking at the news afterwards, all I was thinking to myself, because I'm listening to the police chief, I'm listening to the mayor, and, like, I started just researching and reading and looking into this stuff, Everyone's trying to pass the buck of responsibility. And it just made me realize that government officials 
they don't want to claim responsibility for anything. They want to pass the buck on to somebody else. They want to downplay it. In Daytona, they're, it's a PR thing as well. They're trying to get people to come and families to come and spend money and go to their beach. So now they're going to downplay the event. They're going to say, they're going to make it sound like it wasn't as bad as it really was. Oh, yeah, we were gr- bre- breaking up groups of 10 or more. That's what they were saying. Oh, yeah, this was an unplanned event. But then you find out that it was a planned event, but the, the you know, but it wasn't organized, you know, with the city. So then they called the, the the city called the organizer and told them to cancel it. But that was like three days before the event, and tens of thousands or thousands of people already had planned on coming to the event, so they end up coming anyway. And everyone's trying to downplay it and and you know pass the buck, pass the responsibility onto somebody else. It made me realize that's just what government officials do. That's what government elected people do. Is they try to pass the buck. They don't take personal responsibility. They try to downplay events because it's in their political interest to do so. And that's the problem with elected officials and stuff that have no accountability. And a friend of mine was asking me, so what would you have done in that event and all that? And I said, I don't know. I said, I always look at things from a free society perspective, though. If you had a free society where there was no, like, real public beach access or anything like that, that everything was privately owned, you wouldn't have a, you know, you wouldn't have events like that. Now, do we want to live in a place where there's no public beach access and stuff? If there's a demand for beach access, somebody will have a place where you could go pay five or ten bucks or ten or three bucks or you know fifty bucks or whatever to get in depending upon what you want so there will be there will be beach access available f- to everybody and there might be even free back beach access to everybody because you'll have the desire to go to a place and spend money but the security will always be ramped up in a way in a different way i mean i didn't they were saying oh yeah there was police presence that's what the news media was saying about the event. That's what the police officers were saying. That's what the, during these different interviews, we walked probably a quarter mile from our, from our hotel to where we're going, walking through these, walking through crowds and stuff. And I'm holding my daughter's hand and I'm just like, let's just get to where we're going. I already promised her that we would do this thing. And I did not see a single police officer breaking up these crowds. I didn't see anything like that. They, they, they claim that that was happening because it's a PR issue. They don't want to look like they were doing nothing. So they say that, but in my view, I didn't see that. I didn't see any police presence whatsoever. Not that I want to live in a police state by any means. But in a free society type thing where, you know, you had a privately owned place where if people were freely there, you would have ramped up security. You would have, you would see a security presence. And we live in a society where the police are the security presence. I didn't see that, you know? But it was a PR issue. It's the political leaders just passing the buck. Just keep that in mind. It happens at the lowest level of the city police commissioner and the mayor of Daytona passing the buck that's that was at that low of a level so you can imagine it happens at the state level the federal level the world government level and everything everyone wants to pass the buck no claimant responsibility whatsoever just keep that in mind
keep that in mind because that's that all that did was reinforce that in my mind as I watched the articles. Thank God my f- wife and family are okay. Thank God my friends are okay. Thank God no one was killed in that shooting. There was four or I think it was six people that were injured. But thank God that that was the case. And um you know, I feel better to I mean I I feel I, I for my wife she was terrified. My kids were terrified. And uh, today, you know what? We go on with our lives and everything, but it just makes you realize, make better decisions in your in your decisions on where you're going to go on vacations, too. And uh, I, I definitely have a different perspective on that also, because I will not be going to a place where there's just public availability of stuff like that, because this was an unplanned event. This was an event that just all of a sudden it just happened. And when if we were in a private you know, beach community type thing, you would never have something like that happen. So keep that in mind when you're planning vacations as well. It was just absolute insanity, guys. And uh, that's it. So, hey, I appreciate you joining me for another episode of of uh, Ion 2020. I appreciate you joining me. And uh, keep on coming back every Monday and Thursday as we go through this 2020 election cycle, okay? Um, IonTheEmpire.com is the website. I'm the Empire through Facebook on Twitter as well. Five-star ratings and reviews are always helpful, helpful on Apple iTunes, and then, uh, let's see, what else, and then, oh, you can email me, Ray, I'm the Empire as well, you can do that, and then come on back on Thursday, and you'll have clear vision for 2020.